1: We are live on YouTube, Rumble, Twitter, waiting for that red button on Rockfin, and then we're going to dive in today. First show of 2024. Hope everybody had a good New Year's, and hope that all of your dogs were okay through all the fireworks. Man, dogs must have just amazing here. Like, it's, it's crazy. I don't even hear a firework. It's like a sparkler two miles away and the dog is just hiding in the bathroom. I feel like we could be utilizing their skills more than we do. Anyway, let's dive in. Happy New Year. The new Epstein documents, Nikki Haley's staged slavery psyop, and ESPN ad goes balls deep. This is the Propaganda Reports Drive Time News Blast. I am Brad Binkley, and I'm gonna be doing as many shows as I can Over the course of the next month, probably won't be as many as I usually do because I'm packing up the house. I'm going to be moving in the next few weeks, and I'm also going to be moderating the libertarian presidential primary debate in Covington, Georgia, at the end of the month. And I'm going to be preparing for that, so I'm going to try to get as many shows up as possible. But once I get settled in to my new place and everything's calmed down a little, then I will be back posting on a more regular basis. Just wanted to give that quick update. So, top story of the day. On the 11th day of Christmas, our true love gave to us the Epstein documents. It's what everybody wanted, right? E- even Aaron Rodgers has been waiting for these documents. These new Epstein documents that were released earlier tonight, or I guess last night at this point, and Based on what I've seen so far, I haven't read all of them, I've combed through them a little bit. These documents are completely underwhelming. They're exactly what I expected that they would be. Now, I'm hoping for something that's a little bit more revealing to some of the people who seem to be obviously criminally involved, but I'm not going to keep my fingers crossed for that. So, I'm sure some of you guys probably didn't expect much out of these either. but. If there was going to be something damning in them, you know, against any of these establishment, protected by the establishment people, then they wouldn't be releasing these documents. I mean, they certainly wouldn't be releasing them with such fanfare if that were the case. If they released them at all and they were damning, they would be released quietly to a corner of the Internet that few men have ever seen or found because that's how they do these things. They have a pattern of releasing Jeffrey Epstein information that I've noticed – for a long time because I was revealing some of the stuff about Epstein before you were allowed to talk about it. And I noticed when it's okay and when it's not. And the pattern is this, about over the past eight years or so, is they will release Epstein documents and material when they can either make it a Trump scandal while also at the same time covering up the fact that anybody who's read the old documents is well aware that it's definitely more of a Clinton scandal, or, and this is what I think they're doing here based on a cursory review of these unsealed documents today, is they're using a strategy we've talked about a lot to reveal secret information. They are letting it out there in order to vindicate the Clintons and some of these other elites. I think that is what is most likely to happen at least in the reporting on these documents from the media. People are going to comb through them. There's not going to be any new information that we don't already know. There'll be stuff there that people will question and go, wait, that's weird. But there will be no evidence of criminality. Nobody's going to be prosecuted. I mean, they would have already been prosecuted before they released the names. And it's not going to hurt their reputation because the media will spin it. And they will say the conspiracy theorists were wrong. The Clintons are vindicated. And they will try and probably make it a Trump scandal if they can. I honestly don't think that they'll be able to. I think they would have already done that because they have tried in the past to make it look like Trump was the one who was doing all the bad stuff with Epstein and Clintons were doing nothing. I've done multiple shows covering all of that in detail. I've covered this story for like eight years now, read the old documents from 2008, which is actually – those are the documents that have the real revealing stuff in them that – are damning to the Clintons that they've never explained. But the media never talks about those. They never highlight what's in those documents because they don't want people talking about them. Instead, they're going to direct everybody's attention to these new ones. And if you guys have read them and you've seen stuff that's damning at all, let me know in the chats if you're watching right now. can't imagine, pretty early in the morning, can't imagine there's too many people. Hey, what's up? He- headless giant. Prometheus has returned home. Thank you. <laughs> good to, Good to be back. You know, I have a friend, who, years and years ago, he liked to do robo-tripping. I've never, I've never done it, but I used to see him do it. He would drink a whole bottle of Robitussin and just go watch Prometheus over and over again. It's probably a pretty wild experience if you had you know. it's The movie's crazy. Anyway, back to the story. So, these documents that were released last night, I didn't think they released all of them, but I just found more that is like, a lot more pages than I thought, so maybe they did. I thought they were going to kind of release them a little bit at a time, which actually I think that is what they're doing. so they can just keep it's like why release a show that you can binge all at one time and then you're just going to demand another show when you can release one episode at a time and keep people engaged and hooked on it and distracted for an extended period of time. I think that's what they're doing here. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they did release them all, but based on what I've gone through anyway, These documents, so they're from the 2015 lawsuit by Virginia Guffrey, the the victim of Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. And that that case is closed. I, I don't know, remember exactly what the outcome of it was. But the info inside of these documents that everybody has been excited to see is the information related to John Doe, 36, who has been identified earlier this week as none other than former President Bill Clinton. Retod says, I need some docs that said these elites. Yeah, yeah, the documents revealing all the damning stuff the elites do are in a, in a vault. They probably, all have, they probably all have copies of all of the compromising images and information of each other. It's kind of like nuclear warfare. If everybody has a nuke, it's mutually assured destruction. All of the elites have like pedo evidence of of all of them stored away that they're just pointing at each other at all times. So none of them will release it because of mutual insured destruction. So, yeah, they are real sickos, Rita. I agree. They are. These people are sick. I don't want to jump ahead, but I've talked about this Clinton... Uh, uh, the Epstein thing and, and the Trump to have done probably a dozen shows focusing on these older documents. And it's just, it's sick. I think this is part of covering all of that up and vindicating the Clintons, as I said a moment ago. And so let's get into a little bit more detail here. It was reported earlier this week, the John Doe number 6 is Clinton, as I said, that he has referenced at least 50 times across all of these documents i just did a search of these documents here and they had them at like 70 or they had clinton at 70 sometimes i don't know if that's bill or all of the family because both his wife and his daughter at least in the old documents have connections to epstein as well i don't know if they do in these and where was i there okay so what i've seen so far i saw the first 40 documents that were released and and then i just found this one that's a lot longer one and through the first 40 documents released, Clinton shows up in them a good number of times. He makes a lot of, it, a lot of appearances. Trump makes like three appearances. And most of Clinton's appearances are Guffrey trying to uh, uh, compel him to be a witness to testify. Most of them are. There are a few others that are a little bit more interesting. None of them are damning. They might seem damning a little bit to, to people who've never seen the other documents, like the documents that have been available for years. Those are the damning ones. The ones that have been out for like 10 years that nobody looks at except me and like three other people are the damning documents for the Clintons. I don't think these are going to be that. I think they're going to be the vindicating documents, to be honest with you. Not, not to say that there's not weird, a little bit of weird stuff, which I'll show you uh, in a minute. So... You can Those old documents, by the way, I've put them online probably five times. I've uploaded them because I bought them. I bought them from Pacer. I think it's like Pacer.gov is where they had all the the federal documents related to Epstein and a bunch of other court cases too. Before that, I, I could find them online for free and upload them. I did that first. Then they removed that when they took our website down. And then I couldn't find them online for free anymore. So then I went to Pacer and I bought them and uploaded them again, they were taken down. Uploaded them again, they were taken down. I don't know if it's because I bought them and, and or it's just because they're trying to, well, you know, wash all this stuff clear, but if you want to read those old documents, and there is a lot of them, there's hundreds and hundreds of pages that are far more interesting than anything I've seen in these so far. Go to PACER.gov, I believe, or just type in PACER Legal uh, uh, Cases, and the website will come up, and search for the... 2008, I believe is the exact date, and there's also some from like 2005 to th- 2008. There's, like, thousands of documents. I've read through all of them. That, that is just the craziest stuff you've ever read. I mean, it's wild. And I made a video about th- this stuff back in 2016, which is one of the oldest videos about Epstein still on YouTube. They removed all of the other ones. I don't know why they didn't remove mine, but I talk about what's in those old documents in that video because it's a lot more damning than this BS here. So, like, the ones I'm referring to, and I know I've talked about this a lot, but I don't want to leave it. I'll fill in the details again for those who haven't heard it, are the 2008 documents from the Epstein case in which he was facing potentially life in prison for international sex trafficking of minors, among other things. Potentially life in prison, but he ended up getting that sweetheart deal of 13 months, of which he spent, like, maybe eight months actually in a prison that he actually built, he funded and built, and then he got to go home uh, and have an ankle brace. From life in prison to an ankle brace on, on the beach is, is the deal. And when you read through the documents and the story that, this, that led to this, it is wild that he was able to uh, accomplish that. And it used to be so difficult to talk about that to people because people were so conditioned to say the Epstein thing was a conspiracy I mean I have tons of video clips of people like Brian Stelter shutting people up who even bring up Epstein, and then like a year and a half later talking about how Epstein is a Republican problem, which is not – I mean he's probably a both problem. There's no doubt about that, but they will will not talk about this stuff when it comes uh, to to the Clintons. The way that Epstein got that deal in 2008 is his lawyers submitted to the court a – plea negotiation letter. I've gone through it a dozen times on this show. And in that letter, they argued, here's why instead of potentially life in prison, you should give our guy, Jeffrey, you should go easy on our guy because he's such a great guy and he's got so many wonderful connections to these powerful institutions like the Rockefeller Foundation, the Trilateral Commission. This stuff is in the court documents. These are the references. And he's got these great personal connections with people like former President Bill Clinton, also in the plea negotiation letter document as a reference to why he should go from life in prison to sweetheart eight months getting to hang out with an ankle monitor, right? Bill Clinton, his personal friendship with Jeffrey Epstein, is boasted about in the court document, the plea negotiation letter, as a reason why he needs to be left alone and and let off the hook. Okay? And and (laughs) he was. He was, right? And none of the Clintons have ever answered any questions about this. They they probably haven't been asked any questions about this because they would have no answer to it. And that's not even the full extent of it. Again, talking about the old documents, I'm going to show you some of the new ones in a second, but these are the more interesting ones. (laughs) That's not the only thing that connects the Clintons to him. Like, the letter also says, the plea negotiation letter that got him to sweetheart deal, that Jeffrey Epstein needs to be let off the hook because he's part of the group that helped conceive of the Clinton Global Initiative. I mean, he helped start the thing. Now, they did shut down a couple of years ago for like a year, but this was in the government plea nego- or court document plea negotiation letter, which was accepted. So I. I told one of my friends who was a, bi- was a big progressive this a few years back, all of this information. I showed him the documents because I have them at the time. I don't have them with me at this moment. And what he did was he goes to the Clinton Global Initiative website and goes, I don't see Jeffrey Epstein's name as a founder. I'm like, Oh, you don't? Would you leave a convicted pedophile? Would you leave him his face and name on your website if he helped found y- your business? Probably not, but how about the court accepted that the Clintons started this with him and Bill was his buddy as evidence to give him a sweetheart Is that not evidence? Like, it's just mind-boggling that you can present such concrete evidence. Like When I started researching all that, I was neutral. I thought Trump and, and Clintons, I'm like, they're both probably pedophiles. I, I don't like either one of them, and as I said— you know, say what you will about Trump. I've never voted for him. He does not come out as the bad one in this whole situation. The Clintons look look bad. Not, of course, not to the new documents as well. Uh, all right, I'm getting off track. I could rant about this stuff all day. Let's see here. What what punchline did I miss? The the bubble snatching. <laughs> uh, Retod says I uh, I missed the bubble snatch. I missed the punchline. They call it bubble snatching. Is that the punchline? I don't even remember which that was connected to. Oh, I see, I see now. I messed up your punchline totally in the chats. I gotta, I gotta make sure to read through all of the setup in the punchline. Sorry, that happens, dude. I totally get it. You type in a joke in the chats and then it like glitches, and you read it. The person reads it at the wrong time. <laughs> totally. So, all right. Thanks for hanging out late at night. By the way, I appreciate that. I didn't expect anybody really. Cause, uh, I, I was just trying to get back in it to the new year, and I, I'm like, I got to do one now. I just got to get going with it, and this shit is on my mind. And so I was talking about the global initiatives that Epstein. Okay, so that's not even the last connection that the Clintons have with Epstein and his sex trafficking ring. In those old 2008 documents, they also reveal these documents they reveal that many of the high-profile associations that Epstein have that we have heard about in the past few years. The CEOs of major companies and all these really wealthy, el- el- elitist people that we briefly hear about how they help fund Epstein, and then we just never hear about them again. In fact, one of them bought WSB when Monica and I were on the radio there. And, and then very shortly thereafter, we were no longer on the radio there because we talked about him all. Like, we had actually talked about the guy who bought Comcast, which owned WSB, about how he was connected to Jeffrey Epstein. So, obviously, we were not going to be allowed to be on there anymore. And among other things that we talked about, all of these elites who were subpoenaed by the victims' lawyers, revealed in these court documents, they found various ways to get out of their deposition. They avoid, I mean, you're supposed to go be deposed if if you get subpoenaed. All of these elites found a way around it, right? Including Ghislaine Maxwell. She was one of the ones who the, the lawyer's victims wanted to talk to who was never deposed in this 2008 case because she got out of it by saying that when she was subpoenaed, she wasn't in the United States. She was in the UK taking care of her very sick mother. She, she, was, a, she was a caregiver. She was trying to save her mother's life at the time. And, and they expect her to come over there and be deposed about some sex trafficking and pedophilia. Come on. And then she further said that she would not be able to be deposed in the future because she would never be coming back to the United States again. That's what she said. I mean, this is in those court documents. I even talked to the lawyer of the victims. Told me the same thing. She couldn't be deposed because she was over there, never coming back, which is weird because two months later, <laughs> Ghislaine Maxwell is photographed in New York at Chelsea Clinton's wedding. Think, like, just think about that. Can you imagine if that were Trump? If, if, if You know, I know Trump has photos with Epstein. Don't get me wrong. It doesn't look good. But, like, lying to get out of a deposition from Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell's victim's lawyer only to show up at Chelsea Clinton's wedding, and the Clintons are like, we don't have any connections with him at all. I, I, I beg to differ on that. And it's just crazy how that's not a story. How is that not a story ever? Have you ever— other from me and maybe a few other people, have you ever heard that? Probably not. I, I, I've heard it from me, and I think I read it in, in an article that is no longer online from, like, 2007 that I found on the archive thing. It's just crazy. But here come the documents. How about the old effing documents, man? How about the photos of Galen Maxwell? in New York after lying to get out of a deposition. It just blows my mind. By the way, Maxwell did have a statement about all these documents coming out. Her lawyer on her behalf said that she's not interested in the content of the documents coming out. She is just upset that of all of the people involved, the co-conspirators maybe, that it is a woman who is being persecuted, that the only one in prison right now is a female. So she's a feminist now. She's going for equality. Look, don't get me wrong. I would love to see all those other people involved also imprisoned, but don't. It's like when she, she might as well start wearing the uh, the the pink pussy hats are probably a little too old, but she should start demonstrating uh climate solidarity, uh, Ukraine solidarity. That's how you're gonna need to work that to get out of that prison, because uh, she's not wrong though. It, they they kind of did throw her under the bus, but she she was involved in that in a long time. Her brothers are weird too. They have all these weird connections. I, I, I'm not convinced that she won't get out, honestly. I mean, all of these people are just, it, it's like, some people thought she was dead for a while. It, it, maybe it's not even her. I think it's probably her, but they did used to show fake photos of her showing up places, just like mess with people. Right? It's, it's just the internet is so... It used to be wild in a good way where you could find all of this kind of random information, a lot of it crazy, some of it true and helpful. Now it's wild in the sense that they control what shows up on search engines, but they set these social media sites up to just be a, a you know powder keg of conflict that they hope to cause to spill over and manifest reality with like Civil War stuff. And every single issue you see trending anywhere is always there to cause division. There's never, like, this is the top trend because we all agree and celebrate this wonderful thing that happened together. That stuff never trends ever. Nobody shares it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's happy and together. Who cares? I'm not sharing that. Let me fight with libs or the other side. Yeah, we'll share the hell out of that, and I'm guilty of that, too. I mean, it's like, how do you balance that? How how do you make the most of the technology platforms and the, the ability to communicate literally around the world instantaneously with the impact that it can have on changing people's personalities? You know, not necessarily in real life, but like. All of this AI stuff they're putting out there, and I know I'm going off on a little bit of a rant, first show of the year. All of the AI stuff is training off of what's online, and they're creating all this stuff. And I think the AI stuff is mostly pretty bad. The images are good, but I the the like the like writing, the, the haikus are terrible. I mean, give me some better haikus, chat GPT-4. I, I think it's just awful. Like I've said before, it reminds me of the Santa Claus I used to be able to talk to in AOL 20 years ago. It's just not very good. But... They're creating these, like, personalities, these AI personalities that you see stories about, and I'm like, that's obviously AI, but they're basing it on people, and that AI personality is becoming, for some of these people, very few of them, but it's, the idea is that it's like a model of what the future could be. That's becoming what the people are known for. So this… The data that they put online, the videos, the tweets, everything that we've ever put on social media is what the AI trains from and then creates uh, a character personality that is us. So it creates us but a digital version of us based on our online personality and presence. Now, think about that. If a digital version of yourself was created that was based solely on AI inputs, that it, AI learning from only online inputs, is that person going to be you? Or, or is that going to be the radical, or, or, like, people say extreme stuff online. It's going to create the most extreme version of everybody and then project it as though that's the normal person, and then that, that is like you see that in South Asia with the presidential campaign that uses deepfakes. They started, the candidates started acting like they're deepfakes because their deepfakes were more popular than them, so they said, hey, I'm going to do this in my live person. Uh, events. They became the, their digital selves instead of vice versa, and I, 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 I think this, the AI stuff is weak, but the idea of that and that there are groups of people trying to achieve that, it just makes you think that, man, maybe the internet ever since the beginning was, was just pl- this plan to gather data and personality traits and psychological information and likes and interests and across interest and, uh, across inter- interest and uh, uh, just the, the most unbelievable database <laughs> uh, uh, that understands this personality of a human. this ever existed, although it's not really uh, a representation of the human. Do you, are you really who you are online and offline? Are, are, do you say the exact same shit offline that you do online? I mean, if you do, I, I mean, I admire that, but if you want a more accurate representation, it would, of course, I don't know how you do this. It'd be better if the AI modeled after real humans instead of the extremist version of freaking bots that, like, divide people. And that's the thing. They, they, they use the bots to divide people. So, Retod, I'm, I'm way off ranting. Reed Todd says the press will only show, say, how Trump, exactly, Trump and Epstein hung out at Mar-a-Lago. That's exactly what I uh, am predicting and what I've seen so far as well, is they will only let it out when they can kind of pin it on Trump and bury it for Clinton and also distract from these other documents. All right, I'm going to find my place here and get my S together. (laughs) Because, (laughs) you know how you, you go on vacation you just get pinned up? with all this stuff, and then it all comes flowing out at one time. That's what I'm – I've had so much I want to talk about that I've seen the news that uh, I've uh, let it all kind of run together. You'll clap when I'm gone, says. I could be wrong, but if you keep the old documents in public Google Drive or Dropbox, they may have a better chance of staying up if you haven't already uh, tried. No, that's a good idea. I I use Google Drive sometimes now, which – um. I didn't know it existed before, but when this stuff got taken down, I I didn't have any backups of it. Like, I had it on my computer, and then I'd upload it again, and they'd take it down. The links links are dead. You can't find it on uh, the archive website. It's bullshit. It it just shows the extent that they will go to cover that stuff up. And, and, like, really, because they will take down certain information about Epstein and and leave up other information. Why is it selective which information about Epstein gets to be... Uh, exposed to the public a lot of people think that the expose on epstein was a miami herald article from like 2018 the cernovich was uh, a part of it. bullshit that was not the expose that was a cover-up is what that was i don't know if cernovich was in on it I, I know he helped get some of the documents out but there was not one thing in that miami herald expose on jeffrey epstein that i had not already read personally four years prior in those 2008 court documents i've been telling you about not, not one thing. And, and the most important things that I was talking to you guys about before I went off on a rant was not mentioned at all in the Miami Herald article. And this Julie Brown lady wins an award for her reporting and uncovering the Epstein stuff. And, and what she uncovered is what enabled them to say it was a Trump scandal and not a Clinton scandal. The real documents, all of them in, in totality, reveals a lot more of the truth. And as I was saying before I launched off into this, it's just hard to condense all of those documents, thousands of pages, into small digestible bites that you can really communicate across a lot of platforms because it's complicated stuff. And they have these built-in reactions to conspiracy theorists or people who say this about Clinton or about Trump that causes people to shut their brains down. And so I got to the point where friends of mine, where I was just like, here are the 500 pages of Epstein documents. Read them yourself, which, of course, they don't do. That's the challenge. And I think that's become even more difficult uh, with AI. Some would say, why don't you see if you can get chat GPT-3 or 4 to, to summarize for you. Yeah, you know what chat GPT-3 or 4 does? It's bias. Like, uh, go ask chat GPT, whichever version you have. Tell me 10 things that Joe Biden has said. Quotes that are racist. And it will say that it's inappropriate to to say things like that about the president or whatever. Then say, tell me 10 things that Donald Trump has said that are racist. And it'll, it'll like in an instant, it'll tell you 30 things, most of which aren't even close to racist. So you can't trust that stuff to be an accurate uh, surmiser of any serious information. Like, I, I don't like those things at all at this point. Like they were fun at first, but anyway, let's look at. So, I told, so you got the stuff about Ghislaine. Let's go to these documents. Here we are. I'm at 29 minutes. So, I, I was doing my timesheet. I'm like, okay, I'll, it'll just be like seven minutes I'll spend on this. And here I am at 29 minutes here. The documents that were just released, and this is only what I've gone through. If you've gone through more, then I'd love to hear what you found. But the new information that was somewhat interesting. There was a deposition from Ghislaine Maxwell in 2016 that she was not able to get out of where she said that allegations of Clinton having a meal on Epstein's island are 100% false before she then conceived that Clinton probably did have a meal on Epstein's plane. I mean, this is the level of juicy information I, I've come across so far. He had a freaking meal on his plate. Do you know what he ate? Ghislaine, but definitely didn't have a meal. Of course, he couldn't have a meal on the island. He was busy doing other things, if you know what I mean. That is, if he was there allegedly. She's so combative, uh, combative in these documents. Like Ghislaine Maxwell. It's like she's fighting for her lover Epstein to the very end. Of course, he was alive back when they did this. And another deposition of a uh, different witness. This was a witness who was one of Epstein's. Masseuse's an underage masseuse girl, so one of his victims. Uh, the witness testified that Jeffrey Epstein once told her that Clinton likes them young, referring to girls. Okay, that that's that is nothing new. Nor is it criminal in and of that statement because there's no concrete definition of that. That that is a surprise to nobody. That's probably the most damning thing I saw, actually. Even though he was all over the documents. In that same deposition, that witness, uh, the masseuse, was asked if she had ever massaged Donald Trump. She said no. Another witness testified that she never saw Trump on Epstein's Island on his plane or at any of his houses. What I saw, Trump's only mentioned like four times, um, in these anyway. So in another document describing Maxwell's uh, 2016—oh, this is is the funniest one that I saw— they describe Maxwell's deposition in 2016. <laughs> so she got out of the first one in 2008 by pretending her mom was dying and saying she was never coming back to the country, right, which was a lie because she went to Chelsea's wedding two months later. This time, she found a way to get out of answering the questions by, <laughs> by using a different tactic. What she did, according to this document here, is, is she testified that She had suffered from a series of memory lapses (laughs) and could not recall the key issues in the dispute in this case. Oh my God, I can't can't answer your questions. I have a a, a mental lapse condition where all of those moments were just blacked out, and, and I can't help you. This is what she did. Of course, of course that's what she did. She's probably trained like Mossad. It helped her know how to do stuff. I mean, what do you do when someone says that? Especially when you know she's lying. So here's a couple of things that she said she could not. So these are the questions, like three pages of questions, where it's like Ghislaine Maxwell told us her memory blanked because of some weird condition, and she couldn't answer all of these questions and here just a select few of the questions where she used that little technique with she said she couldn't recall whether the message or or, excuse me the massage therapist at epstein's mansions performed sexual acts She, she has no idea i can't remember i would help you if i could i just don't i just black out and i don't know if there's any sexual favors going on by those underage massage therapists she also says that she couldn't recall having a laundry basket of sex toys in Epstein's Palm Beach mansion. She, just completely f- forgot, she doesn't remember. No, she, I had, a, I had a, a laundry basket, but I don't know if there were sex toys or, or, or laundry in there. I, I just, I'm so sorry, it's my, I need help. I need a doctor. She also could not recall whether she was aware that over 30 minors gave reports to the Palm Beach police saying that they were sexually assaulted by Epstein during the time in which she worked with him. She has no memory of the accusations. Now, I, I don't remember any accusations. She also says that she can't remember if Epstein and Bill Clinton were friendly towards each other or not, which is a weird way to frame that. Were they friendly towards each other, maybe? She doesn't remember. And she also doesn't remember with the purpose of a trip to Thailand, or uh, yeah, Thailand that she took with Epstein and Bill Clinton, why they went. I know I went there with Bill Clinton and Jeffrey Epstein, beats the hell out of me why. Sex slave trade, humanitarian, whatever, I I can't remember. What, what What a con artist, man. Among other things that she could not recall, is if she knew anything about where uh, or if she knew if she knew that jeffrey epstein abused minors she doesn't remember does jeffrey epstein abuse minors let me think about ah maybe i don't mm, i can't i don't know i just I, i can't pinpoint it she can't remember whether she was aware of an any interstate or international transportation of women for the purpose of having sex with epstein for money international prostitution and she also has no recollection about whether or not she, she can – that's how it says. She has no recollection about whether or not she can remember <laughs> about a puppet of Prince Andrew that Jeffrey Epstein had in his home and whether or not Prince Andrew with Guffrey, Virginia Guffrey, sitting on his lap fondled her breast with said puppet. She doesn't remember if any of that happened at all. It, it's just – Memory blanks take out the damnedest things, you know. I'll I'll get my S together, retod. retod. (laughs) Keep saying retod. (laughs) When I was in college, my first day of college, there was a guy. He was like a theater guy. He was like a fifth-year senior. And he walks into the room, and he starts making noises like a dinosaur. And everybody's like, what is this guy doing? And then he writes across the chalkboard, I am sofa, S-O-F-A, king Todd id and then of course we all read it and laughed and our teacher read it and kicked him out of class so that is what that reminded me of with your name retod so that is the most damning stuff i found have you guys found anything else the document mentions clinton the most mentions of him from what i've read it talks about how claims against him have been debunked how this claim and that claim and, and, and claims about him uh, walking off into the distance with a young girl has all, all been debunked according to what I've seen. I know that that's not the damning stuff against him because I've read all the other stuff. I know this is BS. But this is the message that the mainstream is going to get. The conspiracy theorist lied again. I'm telling you that's the message that's coming. That's the only reason they ever do this. Like If you don't find a document yourself that you had to work to find, you had to like figure out the, the case number, what county it was in, the middle names of the people involved. You had to do searches that included only their names and excluded everybody, and then go to the exact county website or federal website. If you didn't find a document that way, if it was just out there, chances are it's designed to, to just completely lie to you about the reality of what's going on. It's those documents, which have become harder and harder to find. used to be a lot easier. That actually reveal how corrupt these people are. I hope that one... I, I need to see if I still have that one document. Which, I mean, all of those documents from 2008. I'm just assuming it's still on that legal website. So, it was a big letdown for me anyway. Which is what I expected. The only thing that I enjoyed about the document's being released is that Jimmy Kimmel got all pissed off about it. I mean that's that's fun. Like it's good to see Jimmy Kimmel who's you know it, just does identical jokes as Colbert every single night and sold out getting really worked up because Aaron Rodgers suggested that Of the people who don't want the Jeffrey Epstein documents to be released, Jimmy Kimmel didn't want them released. So Aaron Rodgers, the football player, the quarterback, used to be the Packers, now New Jersey, although he's injured, he's a conspiracy theorist. He's like a lot of us, and he goes on this one ESPN show, Pat McAfee, who's also a little bit of a conspiracy theorist, but also works for ESPN. You know, Pat McAfee actually apologized for having Aaron Rodgers imply these things on a show, which I'm saying, dude, you would do a lot better doubling down on that because your audience does not like Jimmy Kimmel. And then they probably like Aaron Rodgers. They probably agree with him more. But Kimmel got butthurt over what Rodgers said. And (laughs) Kimmel responded to Rodgers' suggestions by, by saying that he's never been on Epstein's plane. He's never been to Epstein's Island. And he's never even had contact with Epstein. He, he seemed to be far more angry that Epstein never invited him to his island than he actually was at Aaron Rodgers. It seems like a little bit of redirected anger for being left out from Jimmy Kimmel. Then Kimmel threatened to sue Aaron Rodgers over the suggestions. Now, Aaron, here's what Aaron Rodgers said exactly, so you know what Jimmy Kimmel's threatened to sue over. He said there's a lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, really hoping that this doesn't come out. That's not a specific threat. Maybe Jimmy Kimmel is hoping it doesn't come out because he wants to keep protecting all of his pedophile friends. You know, that's not implying that he was there. It's just implying he's protecting these pieces of trash. And yet he's going to sue. The guy who has spent the past seven years... Doing jokes in almost every monologue about how Trump injected, he said inject, yourse- inject yourself with bleach. I like to pee on hookers. I suck Putin's d. I'm a pu-. like the most defaming, unprovable, easily disprovable things. Is threatening to sue Aaron Rodgers for saying a very general. What what a pussy! What a sensitive pussy! He can't take a joke. I, I would say he could give it, but he's not even giving jokes. He's just shouting talking points to a bunch of people who've been led into a late-night room and promised and told that they would snap. I, I mean, there, I, there has to be idea, ideological political questionnaires that go in to choosing the audience uh, of these shows because they're all, they all do exactly what the stage producers say. They, they don't do jokes anymore. And, and you can tell how bitchy and butthurt he got. I think Aaron Rodgers, who did not respond, to questions about the story, he needs to double down on this. He needs to, you know, it's it's understandable that Jimmy Kimmel got butthurt. He's protecting an army of pedophiles, all right? And that's probably hard for him, especially because he was never invited to the club. Just continue to say that he was not on the island, but he definitely supports the assholes that were. Don't apologize like ESPN. Give me a break, Pat McAfee. Enough of that story there. I think that's enough of that. It's only been 42 minutes. It's like plenty enough of that. I want to talk about this story, which I haven't gotten a chance to talk about yet. Let me look at a few comments before we go into that. Thank you for the first time. Oh, I'm glad that you caught me live. Are you usually up at this hour, Cobalt Rock? It's strange. So I'll do shows in the middle of the night sometimes, and I'm a late owl, night owl, a late owl. I'm a night owl, and uh, some of you guys are as well. Kimmel better stay out of the and, – and what if – you know, Kimmel and Aaron Rodgers should, like, do a, a cage match. Like Elon Musk and Zuckerberg pretended they were going to do. And Kimmel is a pussy. We were talking on Twitter earlier about how you know, Kimmel used to do the man show and was very funny and how he went one way and then the other guy – I can't remember the other guy's name. Adam Corolla. yeah, he went the other way. Are they still friends? I, I don't know. S- someone said that they were still friends, which is, I, can, I can buy that. Like They're probably, it's probably a WWE-like thing where it's like, they play these characters, especially Kimmel, and then they go behind the scenes and when they're talking to their real friends, they're like, yeah, it's all BS. I mean, they would never tell that to the people who are controlling them, but it's just totally a for the money thing. That's what a lot of this stuff is. This DEI, all of this stuff, these people pretend to be social justice warriors and climate change people. They're only doing it because the other wealthy people who are paying their salary and propping them up are demanding it of them for the sake of making them more richer and more powerful. It's – I just get so baffled when I meet people who are like, yeah, yeah, but what about – what about the emissions and the climate i am just like what are you what are you talking about i've never met a person who's really concerned about climate change specifically obviously humans affect the earth we live on yes but even more obvious we've been lied to about a million different things regarding climate and the scare tactics have been used i just get so baffled how people can just ignore the fact that We've been so blatantly manipulated and lied to about that, and still try and, and like tell me that I need an electric car because I, I my car's messing the environment. It, it, like, as people I know that do that, they don't have any money. Uh, they put all their money into an electric car. Like, can you imagine doing that? I I barely have enough money to survive. I better invest in an electric car. What a stupid piece of trash. Anyway. Nikki Haley, Nukem Nikki, that woman, I will say this every time, I feel sorry for her husband. That, That guy has been in a corner since the day they were married. Every time he tries to speak his mind and she's not in the mood for it, she snaps on him. I mean, she snaps at her husband. There's no doubt about that. He lives his life in fear of this crazy person and now we have a story about her that everyone is missing what's really going on with it nikki haley's now it's been seven days or so and it's still in the news every day her flub or gaff heard around the world right where she was at that new hampshire town hall and she was asked what the cause of slavery was and she didn't say the word – not slavery, excuse me. She was asked what the cause of the Civil War was, and she didn't say the word slavery. And we all know that if Donald Trump had done that exact same thing, the shit would have hit the fan, right? There would have been no six-day Nikki Haley clarification about what I meant tour, which is what we've seen since then. She's gotten no blame for any of that. Look, it's an easy question, regardless of what you think. uh, uh, You could say what she said the way Vivek said it, which I'll play you both of these in a minute. There's not another candidate in the race who would have responded to that question without at least mentioning slavery. She very deliberately, if you've watched it, it was very deliberate. It was planned. It was staged. She was in on it. She says the person was a Democrat plant. Maybe that person was a Democrat plant who asked her the question, but it was a Democrat plant that she knew and probably had rehearsed the whole little scene with beforehand. This was a staged situation. She did it on purpose, and she did it, and I'm going to explain all of this, to smear at the right perfect time, because you know what time of year it is, right? What date is it? It's the 11th day of Christmas, which means it's January 4th which means we are two days away from the darkest day in American history. MAGA racist Trumper insurrection day. And Joe Biden, to mark this tragic anniversary, is going to be given another one of this probably red back. Maybe he'll have a little mustache on. Why not at this point? I mean, just put a SS patch and uh, um, have him hile. Like, who— People will defend him at this point. It doesn't matter. He's going to give a a crazy-ass speech on that day. And when it's MAGA domestic terrorism time of year, the narratives always find ways to push a story that is going to put the fear of MAGA-Trumper domestic terror threat to our democracy in the top of mind. It's a Rolodex of bullshit of these stories that they— Flip over and push depending on what the narrative angle is at the moment. And so we're coming up on that. It's not a coincidence, I think, that at the same time the Nikki Haley slavery thing, and I will explain the connections in, in one second, that the, her question came right at the same time that the top trend on X and on Google Trends was that Civil War movie. Remember that a couple weeks ago? The Civil War trailer, But right when Civil War questions and Nikki Haley's whitewashing slavery, as they call it, all of that there, right, right at the same time January 6th, insurrection anniversary comes, you know, when they tried to basically uh, separate themselves from the government the way it's presented. All of these things, there's, this is not a coincidence. This is a narrative through controlled use of the news and stories that they focus on and create. And, and so Nikki Haley, before I explain to you how Nikki Haley's gaffe, like, so why would Nikki Haley intentionally do something like that if it makes her look bad, because it's, it's the best thing that this happened to her campaign. This is the best thing that has happened to Nikki Haley's campaign. Since Nikki Haley has done that gaffe about a week ago, she has risen to number two in the polls. For the first time today, it was reported by 589 uh, five, or whatever that site is, that she finally has overcome DeSantis for second place. For the first time, she is in second place. On top of that, it was announced yesterday that the next debate for the Republicans that CNN is holding is only going to feature Nikki Haley and the only other person she's running against whom she's taller than, Ron DeSantis, the person with the least charisma of any of the candidates. They are not letting Vivek in the next debate because Vivek will blow up any of her questions, and there's no doubt she's going to be talking about the racism thing and the slavery thing and blaming her position and her response on Trump and MAGA, and that's what all of this is about. Nikki Haley, and this is how the reporting has gone, she responded the way that she did at that New Hampshire town hall to the question, what is the cause of slavery? Not because that was her responding, but because she is a slave to the MAGA, Trumper, racist Republican party. This is how they've been reporting it. And therefore, this just demonstrates That you should vote for Nikki Haley. It is really convoluted, and I'm going to show you how they're doing this right now. First, I'm going to show you the clip of Haley. Probably seen it, but I want you to watch it this time or listen to it this time with an eye towards watching community theater. The pauses and this this is this is act. Nikki Haley did not rehearse this scene enough. Her dramatic responses are off timing wise her turn i mean all of the like you can i can see her i can see them staging this scene with the way she walks over it's all it's all just a con and we'll we'll get to the freaking guy who asked the question in a second i mean this nikki haley is just like aoc is a lot better actor than nikki haley maybe nikki haley's too old at this point she's not that old though where's that clip all right there we go now, if you guys can't hear this, please let me know. I hope you can. There she is. So look at all these people here. All these white people. Nothing but white people. Perfect staging for this. And notice how you see only Nikki Haley. I haven't, I haven't played it. You don't see the person asking the question. That's weird, isn't it? In all of these other town hall events, when somebody from the audience asks a question, the camera, it cuts to the camera angle focusing on the audience. So, so that was my first red flag. Another red flag is, I don't know if you'll be able to hear it, and maybe this is just an audio fl- mess up. I almost said flub, like they say. But we hear Nikki Haley in the left ear, and they split the audio, and you hear this other guy on the right. I haven't seen the rest of this town hall. I, I wonder if that's how it is with all of them. It probably is. It's just a question I have, because if this is a special microphone, for a special guy, then that might explain some of that. But here she is.
2: Thank you, Ambassador. Thank you. Please, um, what was the cause of the United States Civil War?
1: Well, don't come with an easy uh, question. So I'll start that again. Just Thank you, just Ambassador. Watch her expression, like that pause that she takes and she does that turn around and spin. This is not a difficult question. You can answer states' rights versus federal rights and also say slavery set it off. You don't leave slavery out of the answer. There's not a candidate running for president that doesn't know that unless they're told to leave it out on purpose. This is is such bad acting. Thank you, Ambassador. Thank you. Please, um, what was the cause
2: of the United States Civil War? Well, don't come with an easy question or anything. I mean, I think. What, the, what is that? What is that? Don't- I think the cause of the Civil War was basically how government was going to run, the freedoms and what people could and couldn't do.
1: What do you think the cause of the Civil War was? Uh, you said, what do you think? The way she paused there—that was a beat. That was a. I might, I might be wrong. I, I would admit it if somehow somebody could prove me wrong. But I've done a lot of theater. I've directed a lot of theater. I've been in a lot of plays. I've been in films and TV she is following beats she's walking to marks on the stage she's taken not natural breath she's taken chosen deliberate breath and that right there where she paused and said what do you think that, that that was her deliberately not saying slavery because she was told the purpose of this in my opinion this is what she was told is you do not say slavery because we need to use this and I'll tell you how they're going to use it after this Look at all these it's just a weird setup. Nah, it froze up. Hold on a second. Let me refresh that. Thank you, Ambassador.
2: Thank you, Sure I mean, I think the cause of the Civil War was basically how government was gonna run, the freedoms and what people could and couldn't do. What do you think the cause of the Civil War was? I'm sorry?
1: I'm not running for
2: president. I I, I, I want to see Europe's That's a good thing on the
1: cause of the civil war.
2: I mean I think it always comes down to the role of government and what the rights of the people are. And we I will always stand by the fact that I think government was intended to secure the rights and freedoms of the people. It was never meant to be all things to all people. Government doesn't need to tell you how to live your life. They don't need to tell you what you can and can't do. They don't need to be a part of your life. They need to make sure that you have freedom.
1: So right here, a lot of the articles in the aftermath of this incident, because they blame Trump for it. Again, they do. I'm going to show you. They say that Trump uses coded language to spread white nationalism and whitewash slavery. And the coded language that they're referring to is language like freedom, liberty, is talk of, is it time for a peaceful national divorce? They are telling their, their audience that people who speak like this are not actually talking about peaceful anything or liberty or freedom. They are a racist who will do the same thing that the Confederates did during World War One, That's the parallel that they're making with the reporting on this.
2: We need to have capitalism. We need to have economic freedom. We need to make sure that we do all things so that individuals have the liberties so that they can have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom to do or be anything they want to be without government getting in the way.
1: Right, right. So great message, right? Except she delivered it without saying the one thing. So, so anybody who says that wants to whitewash slavery. That's the takeaway. This kid in the background looks like he uh, looks really tall kid. He's kind of slouching down. Like he just hates being there right now. Now, here's this guy's kind of rebuttal to her, which is obviously pre-planned because he responded too quickly.
2: Liberties so that they can have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom to do or be anything they want to be without government getting in the way. Thank you. And in, in the year 2023, it's astonishing to me that you answer that question without mentioning the word slavery. What do you want me to say about slavery? No, um,
1: uh, you have answer my question. Thank you. Well, Next all right. question. You're right, what do you want me to say? So that was, I just, yeah, very weird clap. Everybody's weird. This is, just, this is the weirdest little interaction ever. I don't believe that's, there's anything genuine about what just happened. I think they rehearsed that three times, and that guy, so the story about that guy, nobody knows who he is. No, nobody Nobody knows who that guy is. Not one person in the media, it doesn't matter, it could be CNN, could be Washington Post, it could, could be uh, the Daily Beast, whatever, all of them are unable to get his name or his location or tell you any details about him at all. Now, Nikki Haley says that he was a Democrat plant, and I told you what I thought about that earlier. Maybe, but she knew who he was. Let me play you a clip of CNN's reaction to this debate where the— reporter on the scene tells you what i just told you she's just baffled we don't even know who this guy is and he asked this important question according to them that's nikki hasn't no
3: i should mention we did approach that man at the end of the event and he wouldn't give us his full name or where
1: he was from we wouldn't so they approached him Is that the extent of their investigative research that they did? I mean, this guy asked a question that has dominated, led to uh, a story that's dominated the news cycle for the past eight or nine days. And that will continue to up through January 6th at least. There will be questions and comments about it and the debate. Nobody's going to watch that debate because Trump's doing counter-programming, so is Vivek. But that will be a subject of that debate is her comments, and she will explain herself, and she will explain that it's not her fault, that Trump has has spread the MAGA racism uh, across the party, and she felt she had to appeal to the racist in order to stop the racist. I mean, this is the argument being made in the media. Nikki Haley's not a bad person. That wasn't her heart. She just felt in that moment, surrounded by all these racists, that if she mentioned the word slavery, all these MAGA racists who— Condemn anyone who ever acknowledges the existence of slavery would never vote for her. And so she must appeal to them to stop their leader. It's the stupidest argument that I've ever heard in my life, and I've heard it 15 times on four different networks over and over again in these panel discussions, and with very serious faces like, oh, can, Nikki Haley's not speaking. Nikki Haley is being held hostage by MAGA Trumpers, and that's why she whitewashed slavery. It's not her doing that, she's, like, she took down the the monument and she she loves minorities, she is a minority. It's MAGA that raped her into doing it, all of the MAGA members, gang-raped Nikki Haley. You couldn't see them, but they might as well have been there because of the way the party set up into whitewashing slavery. Which is weird, because Trump never would have answered the question that way. You think Trump, if he was asked what caused slavery, or, I keep saying that, what caused the Civil War? wouldn't have mentioned slavery in his answer? You're out of your mind if you think that he wouldn't have. He's not stupid. He, he definitely would have mentioned slavery. Now, what he emphasized in the beginning of his answer, I don't know, he, he might have answered like Vivek did, which was a great answer, but he definitely wouldn't have left slavery out, and yet they're trying to tell us that all these MAGA Trumpers are gonna like you know, set Nikki Haley on fire and never vote for her if she dares acknowledge the existence of slavery. And then you go to the bottom premise of all of this. All of this BS is premised on this delusion that there are a bunch of Trump supporters sitting around going, you know, I could vote for Nikki Haley. I might switch. There's not any Trump supporters who are considering going over to Nikki Haley. She's the opposite of what that group... Uh, likes about Trump and the media is just racing past this well yeah all these she has to appeal to these MAGA Trumpers now she's never going to win these MAGA Trumpers over maybe they hope he even if he goes to prison they won't it's just such a a lie built on top of a lie it's like you got you got to dig uh, like you got to go deep man just to even get close close to the first layer of lies that these people are telling to sell this stuff to their base they want their base to believe that there are clanhood hood wearing you know, people who have MAGA red hats on underneath their Klan hood, running around, preaching Christian nationalism, and demanding that all of the minorities uh, uh, be shipped off to other countries. And people forced into—it's just the— some of my friends have told me some of their beliefs about this that are these far-left progressives, and, and, like, I can identify exactly where they get their news. I'm like, you, you're a member of Indivisible, aren't you? And they'll be like, yeah, how did you— because I, you just said the same thing that Indivisible says to me in my emails. You regurgitated it, and it's not based on reality. And, and in this reality, Nikki Haley is the last good Republican. Liz Cheney was one, right now she's not in the spotlight, but right now the only thing stopping our country from collapsing and democracy from being destroyed by Trump and MAGA is Nikki Haley. And that's why we must all forgive that she did not mention slavery in her answer about the cause of the Civil War because she felt, like, she had to pretend to be one of them in order to stop them. I mean, it, it, this is, like, unbelievable. There's even black anchors on, on CNN saying some of this. So let me show you some of it. It just boggles my mind. This, this is Vivek's answer, by the way. We'll play this first. So Vivek is a smart guy. I know a lot of people, they, they have issues about Vivek, and I make fun of Vivek, too. If I'm basing it just on what he says and the way he's performed, he says the right things. He's got great answers. Now, Would that translate? I don't know. But he's definitely far more entertaining than anybody else running, besides Trump, of course. You have a governor of South Carolina who doesn't know much about the history of her own state, but South Carolina actually in about 1832, it's one of the things we learned in US history class in 11th grade. They actually were gonna secede from the union. This is, we're talking nearly a couple decades before the Civil War, right? So this comes back to the present. Our history isn't about our past. It's about our understanding of our future. So they actually, in in 1832, were about to secede. Back then, it was about tariffs between the North and South. But ultimately, the thing that boiled this over was slavery. But there were tensions brewing, a value system that was fundamentally different in two countries that shared a geographic space, but a value system that was fundamentally different. You see how great that answer is? He's saying basically the same thing that Nikki Haley said, except he threw in or mentioned slavery as one of the triggers of it, which he continues to do. Nikki Haley knows that. Like, she could have done that. She didn't mention it on purpose. That's really what led to the Civil War. So the powder keg was in the air. Slavery was the match that we lit that caused it to boil over. There you go. That's how you answer the question. I'm glad you weren't. That's how you answer it, and you don't even have to be that smooth about it. Like, Trump probably would have been, this is it about states' rights versus federal? Oh, yeah, slavery. Of course, slavery is what people are fighting about, but broadly. Like, Trump would not have left slavery out of the question, which is exactly why, in my opinion, they went to Nikki Haley to have her do this, right? So what they wanted, because they do this every narrative cycle, they wanted a quote from trump that was kind of like the charlottesville good people on both sides which they completely manipulated took out of context and gaslighted people for years about but that is kind of worn down because a lot of people been pretty relentless about listen to the whole thing read the transcript and so it's made it more difficult for them to gaslight in that way and what they would have preferred to have here in my opinion is they would've preferred to have a clip of Trump doing exactly what Haley did, being asked about the cause of the Civil War and then refusing in the eyes of the viewers to even mention slavery in his answer. That would've been gold for them. That would've given them the example of MAGA extremist racism taking over the Republican Party, threatening our democracy, something that must be stopped by normal, rational, good Republicans is always the argument, right? But they knew that Trump wouldn't do that. They, they knew that they couldn't trick Trump into not mentioning slavery if he were asked about the Civil War. And you can even go back and look at something. He talks about slavery. They tried to, in some of the articles, make it sound like uh, Trump, in this one time, he didn't say this, but their examples are not even talking about slavery. They're so distant and and They bend over backwards to try and uh, fit this racist character into this narrative, which Trump, Trump, he's a lot of things. He's not a racist. I mean, it's kind of crazy that they call him a racist. I should say they never define what racism is on purpose. So I guess whether somebody's a racist depends on your personalized definition of it, which is the problem with identity politics in the first place. But that's why they went to Haley. Is because they knew they could control Haley. They could put that person in there. Haley would react the way they wanted to, intentionally not saying slavery, which, again, if she's trying to win Trump supporters, is a bad move. It's not—no Trump supporters are sitting here going, like, if she were to say slavery, right, in that answer. It's not like there were just thousands of Trump supporters going, she didn't. No, she— I was gonna switch and vote for that bitch until she acknowledges the existence of so-called slavery. Give me an effing bri- that. W- that's just such a a, a caricature of, of a base that they create. It's a straw man. the whole The whole base. They're not racist. <laughs> have you Have you ever met people that like love Trump? They come from across political spectrums. Some of them are old little ladies. Some of them are like people my age. Who uh, uh, just who, who drive old Jeep Wranglers and, and love his attitude? Some of them are good-looking chicks. Some of them are very old women. It, it's the it's none of them are. Or I've never met a race. Maybe you guys have. I just hate the way they use identity politics. To it's it's the worst to divide people with, and it's like. I hate racism. I, like, if somebody's being discriminated against, like, if somebody's being mean to somebody, I, like, I, I I, don't have any problem being like, you need to stop that shit. Like, that's, that's not cool. But it's also not cool to just accuse people who disagree with you of, like, the worst type of, uh, um, of being the worst type of person. And, and that is what these Democrats and progressives do, and that is what Nikki Haley is helping them do with her answer here. And what does Nikki Haley get out of it, right? So... Nikki Haley does the thing where she doesn't acknowledge slavery, which they then blame on Trump. So that's how you blame it on Trump. We know Trump won't do it, but we'll blame it on him and MAGA. And how does she benefit? Well, let's look at what has happened to Nikki since about seven or eight days ago when this, quote, flub, and every every news outlet calls it a flub or, or a gaff. Oh, or gaff. She, she means well. She's being held hostage. It's, can you imagine? Like, remember when the Charlottesville thing? You know, they give Nikki Haley a six day clarification tour. Trump, they, they didn't even bother to clarify themselves. It's just wild that these people are considered news media by anyone. So, Nikki Haley, since this gaffe happened, she has gone from never being in second place in the race to finally surpassing DeSantis. Finally finally getting all that support she needed she has gotten all of the media attention every single day they have shown her clarifying her statements about slavery and very much acknowledging the slavery in the aftermath of that every single freaking day every news channel the view everyone is talking about nikki haley and how it's not her fault. Now, they might be a little critical of her, but they still say she's really our best hope to stop this monster, right? And and then we fast forward to January 10th and that that debate I talked about, and for the first time, she's gonna get at least 50% of the attention. So there was like four or five in, in the previous, previous debate, six. Now it's down to two. So she gets to demonstrate her skill and answer her questions for probably most of the time. She's going to be the star of that debate. That is predetermined. DeSantis, if he's smart, would drop out of it. He would drop out of it. If DeSantis was smart, he, he would not empower Nikki Haley by going to that debate because it is going to be rigged against him. They are going to make him look bad with the cam- camera angles. They're gonna make her look great. They're gonna throw her the softball questions. They're gonna push back on him. All the spin is gonna make him look negative. I mean, he already doesn't do a great job with the charisma aspect of campaigning. He's got some good answers at times, but they can make him look bad so easily and make her look great in contrast. I mean, they'll make her look taller than him. I guarantee it. So one of the debates while DeSantis was talking the camera—you you have to watch what the cameras do in these debates, because the camera manipulators or people running the cameras and the lights and all that—you um, know—they can uh, tell people you know where to change lights and and sound and everything. But they have so much control. I mean, complete control of the perception visually of what the person on stage looks like. And there's different camera framings that, that convey different—you know—statuses. Uh, so. A camera that is set underneath a person and looking up at them, that's a villain framing. That's how you frame villains in movies. And that's not a good way to frame a debate. A a camera that kind of zooms back and pans up, which is what they did to DeSantis, it makes you look childlike and uninteresting. I mean, DeSantis is answering a question in one of these previous debates, and and It just keeps slowly moving up to where his head just goes lower and lower on the camera frame. They didn't do that to Haley. They didn't do that to Chris Christie. They did it a little bit to Vivek. But they have all of these people in on this operation that can help control this perception. And Ron DeSantis is going to be made to look so bad in that debate. It's going to be awful. And they're going to throw Nikki Haley softballs about the slavery question, and they're going to make it evidently clear that— MAGA-Trump is bad. I, I don't think this is going to have an impact on the voting base, by the way. I should say that. Like, I, I don't think there's just people who are sitting in the middle going, I could either go with globalist, warmongering, give my tax dollars to Z- Zelensky, Nikki Haley, or I could go with Trump, who says he's going to do no none of that. Now, whether he does none of that, I don't know. But, but it's, they're not even presenting the same things, and they act like they're fighting over the same base. It's just such an illusion. And there's a, a question in the chats about Vivek not being allowed in this debate. So Vivek would fucking, uh, excuse my language, he, he he's the one who would make her look bad, like he always has. And he wouldn't let her get away with stuff. But he got sent a message, his campaign did, from CNN that told him, this is according to him on Twitter, that they were not going to use these Republican polls that the Republican debates used to decide who qualifies for uh, these debates. Apparently, according to all of those polls, Vivek has more than enough to participate according to those rules. CNN instead chose to not use any of those and use a a poll of their choosing that did not have Vivek having enough. It's just so simple. Well, those polls say he should be in, Find me one that says he shouldn't. That's what they do. That's also why Chris Christie was in the last debate. He wasn't qualified. His fat ass was just there leaning on a podium the whole time, sucking off the establishment, acting like he, like it's like he thinks Nikki Haley's gonna sleep with him. The way he defends her, although he has criticized her on this subject. But it, it just, they're setting her up. Now, what do you guys think? She's the Liz Cheney, right? But like, do they really want to stop Trump? Because so, like, some people think Trump is like part of this plan. Do, do they really want to stop him and jail him or prevent him from ha- having any money and actually prop her up as the GOP candidate? She would be the ideal Republican candidate for the New World Order, for Klaus Schwab and all that. She'd be perfect for it because she is no different than every global globalist Democrat. I mean, she's the exact same. Now, I, I, I go back and forth on who's involved and who's not and what the, what the sides are, but it does seem more and more when they take Trump off certain ballots in different states, they set up court cases on certain days that they are trying to just destroy democracy which they're the ones who say you destroy democracy. Of course, somebody could play a role in that who's doing it. But beside that point, they're very much demonstrating to the public that they will destroy democracy to get what they want. And I don't know how people don't see that. It feels sometimes like maybe they're putting out trial balloons about what people will recognize as authoritarianism, as an overreach. And so they just keep overreaching. They keep abusing the justice system. They keep having the clerk whisper to the judge's ear and take over the courtroom in ways court court clerks have never done in the New York trial. They, they tack on uh, case after case. They kick people off of platforms. They tell you you can't speak about things if you question the 2020 election, but now they say you can speak about things if you question it. on Like they change it on all of these platforms. And it just feels like a giant social experiment to me. Like, that's why I try to not get super emotional in like a serious way, you know? Like, I'm pretty emotional. Like, I can get pretty fired up, but I also like to make fun of it. But it's a demoralization campaign in part. And the best way to fight demoralization is is you laugh at them and you have hope. That's the very very thing they try and snuff out, is that. We can go into that another time. I do want to do one more story. Way, way too long of a show that I did again here. Whatever, first one of the year. I appreciate you guys sticking with me here. Um, all right, let's see what we got going on here. So I think that's all I want to talk about. Oh, th- there's a couple more clips, actually. I-, I want you guys to hear how they're talking about Nikki Haley in the news, so we are going to stick with this for another minute. Here is CNN. This is a former Hillary Clinton strategist who is giving his opinion, his reaction to Nikki Haley's Civil War answer. I'm glad you weren't showing me and Rena as we were watching. I I was (laughs) wincing. I mean, I think we've all seen that look. It's when a candidate in a primary knows that they have to answer a certain way that's probably different than what's in their heart and what they will uh, answer in a few months from now if they're lucky enough to be the nominee. You see what I'm saying? He's, uh, that wasn't what was in Nikki's heart. She was forced to say that. But that that look that caught in the headlights look is terrible. I would also note, if, if memory serves, uh, South Carolina was the first state um, to secede from the union, and she was governor of South Carolina. So I don't think that she didn't know. I think she just didn't want to give an answer that would— Come around it and bite her, and he's right about that. She obviously did know. I mean, it was so deliberate. But who's going to bite her? L- listen to the assu- or, you don't listen to him, but you can you see the assumptions with what goes unsaid here, which in that case, saying that she did not want to say the word slavery because she, she's trying to win. And she does not want her acknowledging the existence of slavery to come back and bite her on the ass. What does that imply? By all of the racist Trump supporters. I mean, th- that is what is implied by all of their statements. Here- here's another one here. there's my Nikki Haley bomb there.
3: I was dying to respond this and heard from a lot of viewers. Uh,
1: okay, so this is The View. And this is the Republican chick on The View. Who was explaining why she is still sticking with Nikki Haley despite what happened? And this was yesterday.
3: Because I am someone who I, I do support Nikki Haley, and I want to say unequivocally, this comment was wrong, bizarre.
1: That's freezing up.
3: Are historically an It felt like pandering too, and I kind of. All
1: right, I'm gonna uh, refresh this real quick. It's thank you, Ambassador. Thank up you. A little bit Let me get it back up to the view chick.
3: This comment was wrong, bizarre, historically inaccurate. It felt like pandering too, and I kind of get insulted by that because the vast majority of Republicans do do not want people to whitewash slavery. Maybe our elected politicians have that take, but most do not. The base, that's who she's talking
1: to. The base, that's who she's talking to, the MAGA base which this is the message. Listen, the statement was,
3: was unacceptable. She did walk it back unlike Ron DeSantis when he stepped in it with AP Black. Oh my His God, he doubled down. doubling and tripling, quadrupling down. So but hot. here's what I'll say with Haley. Um... I'm still supporting her in the primary, and here's why. No, um, why? Donald Trump. If the election yeah, well, were held today, with Trump, if the election were held today, he would statistically yeah. beat Joe Biden. There are three ways to stop Donald Trump: the Republican primary, the courts, which may not catch up with him by election day, or the general election. Joe Biden is struggling right now. Nikki Haley is where I am on historic, generation-defining issues: supporting Ukraine, um, continuing our aid to Israel, <laughs> continuing to, to secure abortion? the border. What about abortion? She's very nuanced on abortion. Yeah, She's what, said what's about, her position? She on said. 15 to 20 weeks, and oh, that there God. always need to be exceptions for rape, incest, life of the mother. This is a candidate that you guys never have to vote for her, but she is not an existential threat to our
1: well, democracy. She wants to, what she's not an so — so she's okay. The reason she didn't say what she was supposed to say is because Trump is an existential threat, which is why everybody should vote for her who's a Republican, because she's not. And this is crazy logic that they're using, whitewashing, slavery, they threw that in there. Again, this presumption that Trump supporters, you heard her say all of the correct positions that Haley has on Ukraine. She stands with Ukraine. She sends money to Israel. She does, like, it's just like, she's just describing a globalist. <laughs> and she's saying, that's why all the Republicans should vote for her. And in the same conversation, they're like, yeah, she's fighting for these MAGA Trump racists to vote. N- none of the Trump people like anything that that woman just said. It's just all made up. I don't even know which clip is next, but it's another clip. Oh, it's a clip from The View. I think it's the lady, I think it's the the black lady who was sitting next to her, who continues to elaborate what's really going on. Now, don't freeze. You should have said slavery. Everybody
3: knows slavery. She didn't say it intentionally because 85% of Republicans are white, and she does
1: not want to. You know
3: what? Most white Americans don't Don't want to whitewash slavery.
1: and people were clapping for that. I mean, you know, like, what was just said there? She just said Nikki Haley did not say the word slavery in a question about the Civil War because 85% of the Republicans are white. And all of those white people, she doesn't want to lose them. So every single one of those 85% of white people in the Republican Party, if they heard anyone say slavery, they're gone even though Trump would definitely bring up slavery. And this is bullshit what they're saying. She just Im- implied that 85% in every single white Republican are racist, is what she's trying to imply here. And that everybody clapped for it. It's just so stupid. And she's a bitch, man. Well, look, I mean, this is a moment now where Haley has an opportunity. To- oh, so this clip here, this is the last one. I threw this one in just to illustrate that they know full well that this is Haley's opportunity. I mean, they say it straight out. This is CNN again. And this is a a black anchor, I can't remember her name, talking about how she's going to get all the exposure, just like I talked about earlier.
3: Well, look, I mean, this is a moment
1: now where Haley has an opportunity to get a lot of national attention. She's doing well in the polls. It's just wild, man. This idea that, and they even talk about this openly, that these journalists shouldn't do unbiased reporting. They should do advocacy. Is there anybody on the planet who, if Trump had been in Haley's position, had been dumb enough not to even bring up slavery? Like, you can still say all of the, the stuff that is about the division of the uh, you know, federal and local control, and you still throw in slavery, of course. E- even like David Duke if you asked, would still bring up slavery in this question. And, and yet somehow Nikki Haley is the only candidate who didn't. It's a scam. It's a scam. If she switched to the Democrat Party tomorrow, she'd probably be the front runner. Man. You know, some of this stuff I, I, would, I would brush off as reaching nobody and meaningless, and I do think their audience dwindles. But then I run into somebody I know, or I talk to them and they will start repeating some of this stuff. They'll tell me, yeah, there's a real problem with uh, Christian nationalism in this country now. It's a very dangerous threat. And and I'm like, like, have you ever met someone who claims to be a Christian nationalist? And if you have, have you asked them a definition of it? There was a study done on this and, and it came out recently And it's funny because the reporting on the study made it seem as though there was this vast Christian nationalist threat of which Putin was the global leader of. And and Christian nationalism is just like another way for them to say MAGA, alt-right. It's just another term to try and demonize them and then rope in anybody who's a Christian into that. That's what they do. They just manipulate language and and, um, program people who are unwilling to question their their leaders, their brainwashers. And in the study, though, even though it reported it as a big threat, when you actually read the study, it found that almost no one, almost no one they talked to, knew what Christian nationalism was. Even the people who originally, after the first round of questions, identified as Christian nationalists, Which that that first round of questioning is what was taken by the left-leaning news outlets and reported as the threat. When they were asked what it actually meant, they all had different answers. They all thought they were talking about patriotism in Christianity, not nationalism. I mean nationalism is not – in Christianity, they're two different things. Christianity welcomes people in from everywhere. And so it's just a contradiction in in itself, and it's a straw man – created by the, not the Biden administration, but they're propagating it, in order to get progressive activists to believe that they need to go put their bodies on the line and and fight against this racism that's spreading across the country. They need to even go maybe put a swastika, spray paint a swastika on the grave of a Jewish person and then put MAGA on it because while they might have done it as a left winger, that's going on everywhere and people need to see that this is going on. I mean, this is the logic that these activists use, these people who do these direct action tactics. They're convinced this awful evil thing is going on all around the country, even though you never see it. And people in your town need to know this. Therefore, in order to fight for your cause and fight against this evil demon of racism that threatens our democracy, and anti-Semitism, you have to play your role by going to spray swastikas onto the graves of Jewish people and kicking all of the graves over. That That is how you protect the Jewish people is what they'll be told because the media will cover it as a MAGA person did it and then you know, the second someone says that looks like it could be a little bit of a setup, they're called anti-Semitic. It, it it's it's the same story that happened when Trump was running uh, in 2016. I covered a bunch of these stories. There's a video on my YouTube page where I highlight how Michael Moore and some of these other MSNBC people continue to perpetrate a lie about the uh, uh, incident in particular, where a bunch of graves, a bunch of Jewish graves, were. Uh, uh, desecrated. They were kicked over. They, they were stuff was spray painted on them, anti-Semitic stuff. And it was reported as a MAGA extremist. It's showing the problem of white nationalism because of Trump spreading across the country. And then it was discovered that it was an activist communist who did it. Like, the police found the person who did it. And you had to go seek that out to find, you had to follow it closely, which almost nobody does. Like, what is the local newspaper in the town? What is the police department that is involved with the investigation? And you have to monitor their arrest and the press releases they put out. Because the media, sure as hell, never clarified that all of the shit that they were saying, for, it was like a year they reported this. MAGA, racist, white supremacist, domestic terrorists that, uh, that destroyed the, the Jewish graveyard. And they would just add it every time they make their list of all of the problems they say, uh, um, quote, right-wingers have, or whoever they identify as that, they 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 keep adding that in as one of the problems. It's like when they say, look, listen to all the lies Trump said. He said the thing about injecting bleach. He said this. He never said the thing about injecting bleach. He never said it. They just overwhelm people with bullshit that it, it, it it's like, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's hard you, to debunk even one of them when they're being told constantly, it's true, man. And like so that's like one of the, one of the biggest eye-opening moments I had when this story, had, the case had been solved. It was a black communist activist guy who did this thing to these uh, Jewish graves and tried to make it was like a Jesse Smollett. And for like a year afterwards, I'm still clipping videos of Michael Moore and, and whoever's bringing him on the show on MSNBC. Saying, yeah, all those Trump supporters that destroyed the Jewish graveyard, they're anti-Semitic. They're shameless, and they're good at pretending to be genuine. And that's why they're on TV. That's what people on TV do. All of them, on on either side. And it's why resisting identity politics and the emotional appeals that it brings is, I think, the, the best way to save humanity, honestly, to, to save this country. And they don't want people to do that because they control people through these groups and causing division. If people started seeing the individuality in people and the uniqueness of everyone, then all of that, they, they, we would conquer them immediately because it would empower everyone. Because everyone has things that they do well and that they can be lifted up to, like, like I, well, a thing that I'm good at and bad at a lot of things, but one thing that I've always been pretty good at is why I, I used to teach a lot is I, I'm I'm pretty good at recognizing things that other people do well that they could explore more and 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 maybe pursue because uh, a lot of times we we're not we don't realize there's a path to pursue things that we might have a skill in because the the standard school system never really showed us any of that uh, and I I i got pretty good at kind of seeing uh the uniqueness uh, that people brought to different situations and and it's really like all some people need is just a spark is like a recognition of hey that's good that's cool you can use that to uh, to help other people like i would i would buy that from you i would pay for that service or, or that art that you're doing if you did it and once people have that realization of their value, of what they have, instead of being told that they're not valuable because of what they don't have, they thrive. And that is what these motherfuckers want to prevent people from discovering. And one of the ways they do it is identity politics that strips the uniqueness and the the value that every individual has away from them and only assigns it to the group and usually the worst of that group. I'm going to keep this this clip going. There's a couple more. No, no I got that one. Never mind. We're out of that. done with that one. That, that's enough of the heavy stuff. So Nikki Haley had the best week of her life, okay? She might have flubbed, but she had the best week of her life. Listen to this article real quick, just to give you some more illustrations of how they reported this before moving on. This is The Guardian. The Guardian reported this as, where is it? Pumpkin, the white part of it. Okay, they said Nikki Haley came on the South, Car- South Carolina scene, aware uh, of those who had turned the state Republican using the Southern strategy, talking about strong Thurman and all that. Her lowering the Confederate flag has been chief has been her chief credential of moderation. Then Trump came down the escalator. That's what it says. Th- th- that's an article about her comment. As Nikki Haley was finding her way, then Trump came down the escalator. Go fuck yourself, man. What a bunch of shit. And then they continued in the same article. Poised, or uh, uh, asked a question about the Civil War, Haley lost her equilibrium. Even if she had not been stunned and was instead fluent, she could not bridge the gap in the party of Trump. What, what does that even mean? That doesn't even make sense. She couldn't bridge the... They just say this weird shit without explaining. They went on to write in this same article. Trump is now dispensed with the code words and symbols of the Southern strategy. The unexpected incident showed Haley to be slight, frightened, and cowardly. Her deeper problem is that she is a slave to her party. And then you had another person named Cristel Spain who, who was elected... In 2023, as the first black woman to chair the South Carolina Democrat Party, she chimed in about Haley on X saying that Haley is just as MAGA as Trump. That's the idea. It's MAGA. It's MAGA that did it. Will grant Haley a reprieve. She's being held hostage. This other article said that Haley is excused. Now, let's see in it. It's all the same shit. They all say the same shit in a little bit of a different way. Yeah. So good job, Haley. You rise up to number two. You get a platform of your own without Vivek. who would destroy you. And you get to go up against your easiest debate opposition. De- DeSantis is smarter than her, but they, he, they will F him in that debate. I'm going to do one more quick story and get out of here. I've kept y'all way too long. You guys heard of Jason Whitlock. I didn't know who this guy was until I saw the story. He's a Christian sports commentator, media personality or something like that. And he posted this screenshot of ESPN's NFL standings on X. And, and the image caused some controversy because what he was posting was he was showing that at the top of the screen, above the standings on ESPN, there was an advertisement for an adult-themed birthday card that said, Balls deep inside me. Is a great way to spend your birthday and he commented along with the post saying i'm looking at nfl standings on espn.com this is the ad running above the standings how is that possible or appropriate now you can imagine what the comments were to that post with many people telling him that the reason the ad appeared is because of his online search history that is catered to him And, and that is true That if you use, if you don't clear your cash, and you're gonna be seeing ads that reflect what you've been searching for. And a lot of people accused him of being just, you know, creepy porn dude or whatever. I think this is probably a publicity stunt. But what he did do is he wrote this really long article in response, which is interesting to me. I don't know why this story, it was funny at first, but then uh, the response he made. Was pretty interesting. He, he says in, in this article that the allegations that his raunchy internet browsing explains raunchy advertisements showing up on his uh, web web feed or whatever are, are not true. And then he suggested what's really going on is that the sports and social media industrial complex. I love when you apply that the politic angle to the, to the sport as well, which we're seeing more and more of that. He says that it is smearing him because they have a problem with the fact that he became a Christian conservative, and he calls out liberal hypocrisy. A lot of people do that. And when a lot of people do that, you run into the trap of, do you support blindly anybody who does that? So it's like the hashtag Me Too. Support all women, but then it gets so ridiculous that you don't believe all women. You believe no women. So the more extreme both ends of it get, the more it undermines legitimate uh, uh, discrepancies, so to say. Not to say anything to him, I don't know anything about this guy, but he goes on to say in his article that just because that everything he said doesn't mean that there's no raunchiness in his browsing. So he's explaining his raunchiness or the ad in a different way. There is raunchiness in my internet Google searching, he says, basically. But that raunchiness comes with his line of work. He says... Raunch is unavoidable if you want to keep up to date on P. Diddy, Sexy Red, T.D., Jakes, Hunter Biden, George Santos, Donald Trump, uh, Deshaun Washington, and some of his former friends. He says, we live in a raunchy world, and he spent many years revealing it. So he doesn't actually deny the raunchiness. He just acts like the raunchiness has to do with popular culture broadly. And popular culture broadly it is very raunchy. I mean, I've talked a lot lately about how the Senate is just like Jeffrey Epstein's island in DC. I mean, there's no telling how many cameras are in the walls of the Senate. And we have these stories of two investigations, one of them 18 months ago, of clearly blackmail going on using gay sex videos from hidden cameras to blackmail people. And and it's just out of the news. They should rip down the walls of Congress, find every single hidden camera, have some poor agent or police officer go through it. I I do not envy that job. And every single person involved in something that is pedophilia, thats you know, if they're just banging congressional pages or whatever, cheating on their spouses, and it's adults consenting, then, you know, you don't have to kick them out. You can just expose it and have the people decide if they want to continue voting for them or not because that's probably the norm. I think they're actually trying to condition that to be the norm with candidacies like the woman in Virginia who got half a million dollars in donations immediately after everybody discovered that she had this sex stream where she let other guys bang her while her husband watched and then she showed everybody who donated to her her butthole. Right, I mean, that's the future. We're gonna see candidates where all of their donors know the details of their favorite candidate's butthole. That's what Congress is. It's probably what it's always been. I mean, we see it in the movies. It's just been covered up. There's been distance from it, but no more. Rip the effing walls down. Nobody's talking about that at all. Instead, they're talking about the new Epstein files that are going to vindicate Clinton. It's bullshit. Back to the story. So what I'm saying is, he's right about it being raunchy, but also, I he also kind of uh, doesn't, he, he's like, yeah, maybe I do some searches. Because I, I'll say this, I've stayed pretty up to date on the things that he just listed. That's what I do for a living. I've, I've searched a lot of Hunter Biden stuff. I've searched George Santos, Trump, the gay Senate porn stories I just mentioned. I've done all of that, and I have never one time had an ad for a birthday card show up above the ESPN football standing, which I check a lot, okay? I've never had one of those ads tell me that balls deep inside me is a great way to spend your birthday. Not once. Now, I use an ad blocker. I'm sure he's heard of an ad blocker, which is why I think this is a stunt. I think he did it on purpose. I think he probably was like, I'm going to search a bunch of weird gay sex and just see what weird stuff I can get so I can post a screen screen image and make it seem like it's reflecting ESPN's values. And then he probably pre-wrote this article and used the whole thing, all the attention he got, which he did get a lot of attention, as a publicity stunt. As we've been talking about, Nikki Haley's thing I think is a big publicity stunt where she makes herself look bad to actually make herself uh, do much, much better uh, based on the way everything's operating, and it's worked. And that's probably the same thing, here, which kind of sucks, right? It really does suck. That, that the way that you get ahead in media is you sit around and you think of, what's the most controversial, radical thing I can do to draw attention to myself, get people fighting, And then pump my engagement up to the extent where I can drive them to certain uh, websites, products, whatever, win them over strictly based on ideology, not not based on whether I'm uh, legitimate or not. I mean, it's bullshit. It's total bullshit. And it's hard to decipher what is like you want to support because there's a lot of causes where it's like that person really is being screwed. I'd love to support them. We were kicked off the Internet. We didn't do it on purpose, but I think there are people who do. Say that they got kicked off. It's just like everything has become such a publicity stunt, so theatrical. Because the attention people are able to garner online, it can be so valuable. I don't know what to do about that other than me personally. I don't believe anything I see online. (laughs) That's uh, that's always not the best. Uh, It works for me. I'm okay with it. But I I don't trust Amazon reviews at all. Do you guys trust those? I stopped trusting a- Amazon reviews about a year ago. Probably should have done it sooner than that because I was trying to buy this dog crate for my dog who is a very strong dog. He's a, a pit boxer mix. He's a he's a little guy, but he's just full of muscle. And every cage I got him for when I was gone for a while, which I don't put him in a crate anymore, but if I was at somebody's house, uh, I didn't want him to go around and do anything there. He, he could tear out of it. And... So I was looking up what are some stronger cages because these wire cages he's not he's too he's too powerful for them which I was proud of him for that but I found this one in this search on Amazon that had eight nine thousand reviews number one recommendation four point nine stars. At all of the top reviews that you could see, it, it was the most wonderful crate. It solved all of their dog problems they had ever had, and I put it in my shopping cart. And then I went back before buying it because it was pretty expensive. It was like five or $600, I think. And I clicked on the worst reviews so they would show up first. And I'm always very cautious when I do that because – I know that the more a company or a person or whoever is online that there is always going to be some reviews for whatever it is that are negative. I see reviews sometimes that give products a one star review and the review is like the the box it it, it didn't have it, it had tape in the wrong place or I couldn't get the instructions to work. So it's like Them, it's it's them that should get the one star review, not the product. So I just hesitate to trust some of that. And I also used to write reviews years and years ago. And when I first did that, because I needed money, I was writing them. I'm like, you know, I don't really know much about this product. And I stopped doing it because I was writing reviews about products I didn't know shit about. I'm like, I can't, I can't do that. It's not. I don't know anything about these products. I'm not going to write reviews for them anymore. And so when I clicked on the one star thing. One of the reviews, I scrolled through a bunch of bullshit reviews, and then I found that what was clearly a legitimate review, because there was, like, pictures, too. Somebody had bought that crate, and they left their dog in there, and there was a problem with the latch. And I know it's legit, because the company later fixed the latch problem. And there was some weird thing that happened where the dog was able to push the thing open, and they came home, and this is graphic, I apologize, the the dog was dead. Because it had got its neck caught on this crate. So this crate that had 20,000 or so, five-star reviews, 4.995, very little negative reviews, number one recommended on Amazon. The only reason I didn't buy that crate is because right before I did, I said, I better see if there's any negative reviews. And I went and found the worst ones. And I happened, and I only found that one because I I just, you know, you scroll through, you can only scroll through so much. I just happened to catch some words on it. And so I followed it, and there was like a, a, they they called back the product and they fixed the crate, they say. But man, after that, I was just like, I I no longer trust these reviews on Amazon. I mean, I I, I, I can't, I mean, this person literally, their dog was killed after buying a product that had the best reviews of any other product on Amazon. It's, it sucks that we're in that situation. That's not really what I wanted to go out on, but let me get back to Whitmore, and then I'll get out of here. I'm just rambling for the first show. Thank you for anybody who's listening and watching. I, I appreciate it. Uh, so Whitmore, the sports guy that he had the, the gay porn stuff show up on the searches. like I said, I think it's a publicity stunt. I tried it, like, so I took my, uh, my ad blocker off, and I, I did my Hunter Biden and all those searches and whatever, and I just I kept refreshing it, and what came up for me was uh, a doctor, a doctor visit. Do you need to go to the doctor to get your ears checked is what it told me, and so I got, like, ears, doctor, and I got, what are the sleep things, sleep apnea. Now, maybe it takes a long time to kind of change the algorithm, but it seems to me like somebody, maybe not that guy, was searching porn whether it's a publicity stunt or not, but he closes out his article by saying, those on the left know that I am a lost cause. They recognize the Christian seeds taking root in me long before I did. They'll smear me for the same reasons they smeared Alex Jones, Tucker Carlson, Glenn Beck, and anyone else in the media space who resists reprogramming. They want everyone to know the consequences of pursuing truth. I don't know this guy. He seems full of it to me. He just does. He's trying to compare himself to all those people after he clearly was searching for porn or something on his internet. I will say this though: he he has been criticizing the Taylor Swift Kansas City Chief thing, which is a clear psyop. Everybody knows that, and they probably don't like that being criticized. I do wonder though, what if Taylor Swift leads the the pursuit or leads the um, effort to change. The name of the Kansas City Chiefs. I think there's a lot bigger purpose going on. She's obviously going to be directing voters to vote for Democrat, but I could also see her being how the name gets changed. Wouldn't that be funny? She has stupid songs about that. I couldn't tell you one freaking Taylor Swift song. I'm proud of that. I'm going to get out of here. What time is it now? What are we looking at? All right, all right, all right, guys. Thanks for watching. I just I needed to get show out. I need to get back in the rhythm after the New Year, so I I appreciate that. I will be back tomorrow night with Ian, most likely. We will be having some fun, so come check us out. It'll probably be around 9.30. Thank you, Mansplainer. Mansplainer says, no effing way Haley is leading Vivek. I don't believe it either. I don't believe it either. Yeah, it's it's selectively choosing the polls. We'll see you later. Retod, thanks for uh, hanging out. Thank What's going on, blue fi- face? Blue smiling is that? So is that an emoji you put, Sonia? Good morning. By the way, you guys are probably getting up for work. Meanwhile, I've been podcasting all night. <laughs> uh, you'll clap when I'm gone. So you'll clap when I'm gone. That makes me think that. It makes me think of uh, Bobby Knight. He's like. You turn me over on my front and said, so "I can kiss my ass when I'm gone." He died recently, uh, and he's the one talked about the a Google and Dropbox earlier. Headless Giant said, "I can't even read half of those words, man." Syphilum, Nephil—You're not talking about Nephilim, are you? Oh, so the, the Prometheus is a weird movie. I need to watch Prometheus again. I'm wondering what kind of predictive programming that is right now. Is that related to uh, simulation theory, you guys think, Prometheus, if you've seen it? That's been in the air a lot more lately, simulation theory. I, I don't know. I, just, I, don't, I don't think I can really understand all the deep corners of the universe. And I think any you think you have it all figured out, then you have probably stopped learning, in my opinion. All right, I, I am going to stick around and do one more story for the XR. Just because I, I want to do this one. It's, it's more fun than all these con artists. And if you want to get that, ad, that uh, content, go to patreon.com propaganda report, subscribe there, and you'll get this show, DNB, ad free. check out all the ads for subscribers, put it in your own private RSS feed along with the XR content. You can check out the website, propagandafight.com, at Twitter, at freedom, or X at freedom Act radio, youtube.com slash Brad Binkley rumble.com slash the proper port which rumble's been a lot of fun lately it's, they've improved a lot of their their tech infrastructure and I never learned so much about uh, how expensive websites are able to do things that everybody else can't in, in, until the past few years when all of us people bootstrapping it we we gotta we gotta deal through the growth of the new new websites this is the drive time, News Blast XR. And I want to tell you about this story, which I found to be, I think it's hilarious. A man is busted. Let me get this on the screen. <laughs> so this story is like, you go to the smoking gun and you see all these wild stories. I talk about these stories all the time on the show. And I intentionally did not select the story for the XR which earmuffs is probably going to be a little bit adult themed with this story. I did not select the dildo story on purpose. Like there was a couple of dildo stories, and yes, a couple of dildo dildo stories related to arrest in Florida. And so I said, I'm not going to choose those. I'm going to choose the man busted in dress holding burglar or, or burglar's tool. And I'm going to go, I'm going to veer away from the dildo story. Only to find out that this is also a dildo story. Everybody in Florida is carrying a dildo. It's like they're giving these things out. When you cross the border down there, everybody's concealed carrying a dildo in Florida is what I'm learning from the smoking gun. And this article, it's this guy. He's a 40-year-old man who was wearing a dress and carrying a dildo tried to burglarize the Florida residence of a 69-year-old woman. This is according to police. This is what it says in the police report. A man in a dress with a dildo tries to rob a 69-year-old woman's home. I guess that's what you think about after everybody's gone to bed in the trailer park. story continues. This 40-year-old guy, which is like, he made a decision at some point to go to this woman's house because he had targeted her. And it's like he started to leave the house and said, I I better bring something to defend myself in case something happens. I'll grab my dildo. That's what he felt most comfortable with. I better put on my dress as well. It's 1.30 in the morning. I, I want to be discreet. I don't want anybody to see me. I better put on a woman's dress and flop around a dildo on my way to go rob this elderly woman. I mean, I would love to, like, have a conversation with this person and just ask what the plan was. I don't even think this guy was intoxicated. Usually they're intoxicated. I think he might've been sober. Like that's even worse doing this sober. Like if you're hammered drunk or on some wild drug and you put on a dress and grab the nearest dildo you can find and go try and rob an elderly, elderly woman, I'd be like, man, that's messed up. But you were on drugs. You do that sober. That's a whole nother level of problematic. So I guess I, sh- I should say that I'm just assuming he was gonna use the dildo as a weapon. Maybe he was going to use it as a, as a lock pick. Maybe, maybe that's, how he, that's how he breaks into ha- homes is with a dildo. It's like the guy who thought that you opened doors in the House of Representatives by pulling the fire alarm. This guy thinks you opened doors by slamming dildos against them. Now, we might find out the answer to some of these questions that I pose. We do, actually, looking at it here. This story is fresh to me, too, so I'm just kind of uh, ran off of it. It says here, all right, investigators say that Marshall Jones, let me get that, make it a little bigger. That's the guy right there you see him on screen, not McCulley Culkin, the, the other guy in the orange. Marshall Jones, 40 years old, he first showed up outside the victim's St. Petersburg residence last Friday around 1.30 in the morning. He was spotted on video trying to open the door. Like I said, maybe using the uh, sex toy as a lockpick. Dressed as a woman. Like, why not put on all black? Maybe there's a bunch of old ladies running around there. He wanted to blend in. It's just for some reason at night. At the time of the uh, arrest, according to the affidavit, Jones was wearing the dress. And he had what appeared to be an erect penis in his hand at waist level. Okay. So this is what they saw on camera. So this guy was in the surveillance camera. I don't know where that was. But they saw him. Why was he holding the erect penis at waist level, the the sex toy? That's a bit bizarre to me, unless he really was trying to get in with it. it. It's like... Was he gonna try and break in? And, and is that his attack weapon? He tries to make people think he's got a really big penis. It's actually a dildo. And people are so intimidated by it, they give him everything he wants. Give me all your money, or I have a 30 inch penis. It's erect. wreck. It's just so strange. If you're trying to break into a house, I would think you would want both hands, uh, uh, or you would wanna be a little bit more, you wouldn't wanna be holding a, a, a dildo on your crotch while also trying to break into a home at the same time. It's just a weird plan that he had. Very confusing as well. And the dress, yeah, he was wearing a dress, but you could see, so was the dress hiked up or was it just a really short dress that only went down to his belly button? I, would, that, I mean, I would like to see that camera angle. So the story continues here. That's just, that's very strange. Okay, so he couldn't get into the house, it says. After trying to enter the home and failing, he was unable to break in. He's seen on video pressing the erect penis against the door before walking away. what's what's going on there? One last it's like one last effort. I, I don't know, it's weird. And I'm guessing that is a sex toy, not his actual erect penis. Maybe he's trying to F the door open. I I don't know. So that he, that attempt to break in failed, and he left. He just left. He put the dildo against the door and then left, and then went home and went to bed. And then four days later, four days later, he showed up at the property again, and then he fled on foot. So he showed so. He fails to get in, leaves, shows up four days later, and as soon as he gets there, he runs? What is this, want? what's going on? What does he want from this woman, and what did he see when he got there? I mean, he had four days to analyze what didn't work with his first dildo dress plan, and to come up with a better one, and as soon as he gets there, he's gone? This is, this is wild here. So, during the questioning, the police wanted to know, which I think a lot of people do, what he was doing when he was recorded on the surveillance camera which they showed him near the house, and Jones responded to them by saying that he was holding a dildo which slipped out. The article It's unclear where it slipped out from, according to the article, it slipped out. And then no follow-up question from police. I, I looked at the court documents and the article. There was no follow-up question included about that. How do you not say slipped out from where? Were you hiding it as a weapon? Were you doing something else with it? Or maybe the cop was just like, yeah, it slipped out. My dildo slips out all the time too. Where'd you get that dress? It's beautiful. Next question. Jones also claimed that he was outside the home the day before he was arrested, and he went there the second time just to check on the female occupant. So he went to check on the elderly woman that he was going to rob with a dildo while wearing a dress, because he claims that a few weeks earlier there was gunshots, or someone was shot, he says, at that residence, even though there's no record of a shooting. What if he's telling the truth? What if this crazy motherfucker is telling the truth and there's some weird situation that happened that he felt after racking his brain the only way he could help this woman is by putting on a dress and grabbing a dildo. But he failed at it when he got there. So I think sometimes we, we could brush off the crazy stories. He thinks somebody got shot there. So story goes on to say that Jones has been arrested. Oh, he was arrested for burglary and stalking. He was stalking, Oh, resisting arrest also. And he's locked away in lieu of a $10,000 bond, hoping his dildo does not slip out. And he's been arrested earlier this year after a homeowner told police that Jones and another man were casing his residence. So this guy has got some sort of, he's probably on drugs. He might not have been on drugs here, but I don't know how to feel about those stories. Sometimes, you know, sometimes they're very funny. Other times they're perplexing. And I wonder because Florida's the only state that allows such detail. That's why they're the Florida man reputation because they allow detail and what they can share about uh, certain cases. I mean, other other states probably have crazy stuff too. They just don't share that detail. But Look at this thing on. Waffle House Stolen Goods, Xmas Tree Battery. That's a story about a woman beating her husband with a tree. Uh, Danger Poison. That's a guy who poisoned his family with... What did he poison his family with? It was like Visine or something like that. He tried to poison them anyway. I mean, these are the wild stories we hear of. I can't imagine what the wild stories are uh, that we don't. Okay, so that that was a marathon. I appreciate you guys hanging out. And... Happy New Year! Hope everybody had great holidays, and I hope that you get to start to the new year you want. Let's uh, let's do it in twenty twenty four. You know, I am not a big you know advocate of, or I don't oppose you know, it either, of the New Year's resolutions because I feel like a lot of New Year's resolutions are so obviously going to fail within like a couple weeks. I am pro New Year's resolutions that are attainable. And I do love a big ideal, but I like the smaller steps to get to it. So I wish you all the best in the new year. Uh, Thanks for watching. Thanks for putting up with my weirdness always. And we will talk to you all next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Merry 11th day of Christmas.